Uh, now, all right. Well, this is the official first. Dude, what if what if we just become famous, dog, from this? It's not gonna happen. But what if how many listeners do you think we'll have? Like, like max, max, like our like our four, team. like the two of us <laughs> and our moms, and that's it. <laughs> I, I will listen to this. I, yeah, I, I think I, it's I fun too. to listen to. Yeah. All right. Well, for all of the listeners out there, because that's what we're doing. <laughs> uh, I'm Tyler, and I, I'm from Virginia. Go to school at BYU. And yeah, this is one of my best friends here, Ben. Yeah. So I'm Ben from also from Virginia, and I'm also here at BYU as well. Currently, Ben's in Provo, Provo, Utah, sir. For the summer, I'm here in Vancouver, Washington, for a summer job. So I'm uh, naturally very bored. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's nice. There's been some nice days. So uh, Ben and I, are, Ben and I, we have some nice takes. I like to say some nice opinions about sports. I feel like. You know, you listen to a lot of the podcasters or radio hosts or even broadcasters and their ridiculous takes. And, uh, you know, I just thought, you know, it would be fun if uh, me and Ben did something better. Um, Unfortunately, Ben and I tried to do this years ago with a couple of other friends. And it just was the first few times we did it, it was actually super fun and enjoyable. But then we had terrible. And then we have one episode, I, I, I have air quotes here, one episode that we're all just screaming at each other about the Dodgers and Thomas and John It was the point guard, <laughs> the top five point guards of all time. That's where it just kind of went to hell. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I will forever die on the hill that John Stockton belongs on that list, at least higher than Isaiah Thomas. So... Um, but uh, we're pretty avid BYU fans. Um, Ben is a very avid University of Virginia fan as well. So, uh, well, well, let's just take it there. I was watching some college football highlights last night just on YouTube, and uh, mm-hmm. that just got me super pumped. So, what what are you most looking forward to this season, Ben? Um, I think really something that I'm looking forward to this year is some of the high octane offenses. I feel like, I feel like a lot of these teams at the top, it's a very quarterback heavy year. So there's a lot of great quarterbacks. If you see, you know, trolls like big game boomer or just anybody else who just posts like (laughs) best quarterbacks in college football. I mean, you see a lot of arguments going on and a lot of people aren't wrong. If that makes sense. Like they're all arguing. Um, But you can see somebody you know, ranked seven in one list and 30 in the other. Like there's probably 25 to 30 legit good quarterbacks in college football. And so I think this year it's going to be a lot of offenses, a lot of, um, you know, there's new teams like USC, Texas, that should have some interesting guys, interesting offenses. Ohio State and Bama will be ridiculous on the offensive side of the ball. But yeah, that's kind of what I'm looking for is um, really seeing kind of these, quarterbacks wide receivers just kind of sling it and put up tons of points yeah i funny enough i i don't know i very much like defense i i don't like high scoring games at all um i'm gonna hate this year then i i i know according to your take yeah i uh but i mean obviously I, i think it's entertaining and whatnot but i just hate those classic big 12 shootouts where it's like Baylor versus Oklahoma state or Oklahoma versus Texas or TCU. And the final score is like 56 to 52, you know, like, yeah. I mean, I'll obviously like, I'm not like full defense. I don't want to watch what big 10, like Northwestern beat Nebraska. Not, not Wisconsin, Iowa, Wisconsin, Iowa. Yeah. Six classic. to three. Yeah. Um, maybe not that intense. I like a good balance. Um, mm-hmm. but I, I am looking forward to quarterbacks like 
uh, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud. Um, like you said, Alabama, Ohio State are going to be really good and fun to watch. Uh, as far as BYU side, I'm looking forward to Jaron Hall. I think he's a very underrated, slept-on quarterback um, mm-hmm. if he stays healthy. I also – maybe this is just the bias in me. We'll probably lose some potential listeners up in Salt Lake. I just think Cam Rising out of Utah is so overrated. I think Utah as a whole is very <laughs> overrated. You know, if they prove if they prove me wrong, if they prove me wrong, then you know. But that's why I'll accept that. I just don't think they're that great. So, um, I mean, I think they're a good team. I top twenty five for sure. But everyone has them top ten. Some of them even top five. You know. So I, uh, I also think Stetson Bennett will not have as big of a year as other people. Ouch. Think. Other people think not the not the mailman. Don't go after the mailman. <laughs> I ju- I just think he's a very just mediocre quarterback. Shout out Zach Long. Shout yeah. out our buddy Zig out there in Athens. <laughs> you know he he just got a uh, our buddy there just got today a manager gig for the Georgia basketball team. So he's going to have front row seats to some of the worst basketball in the SEC. <laughs> so. He'll, but he'll enjoy. He's, yeah. He'll have fun shout out, it. shout out, Zig. Shout okay. out, Zig. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's kind of my. Those might be some hot takes. I don't know what you think of that. So yeah, so kind of what you were saying about Utah. Um, you know, I I kind of say I'm less biased than I'd say you are. You get more uh, I, of the. You, you get, I'm you get, very biased when it, when it comes I'm to BYU. When it comes to the BYU Utah rivalry, you know you were born in it. You grew up diehard BYU. I didn't have that necessarily. Um, so that that deep rooted hatred of all things Utah Utes isn't necessarily fully in me yet. So I feel like I got more of that objective eyes. But I can't say that I disagree with you by any means. Um, with that being said, like, I think there's a difference in, in saying that somebody's overrated because, you know, you, you look at the teams and how they did last year and what they bring back. I feel like it's hard to keep Utah out of the preseason top 10 just based off of what they bring back and what they did. But with that being said, do I think they regress this year? Probably. Um, you know, I look at a guy like Cam Rising, who's a good quarterback. Like, yeah, you know, for he, sure. he's, no, a, he's nothing, a good nothing quarterback. Away from him. No, absolutely. And to be honest, like, he's better than Tyler Huntley was for well, that. For sure. Huntley. For sure. I, and so, like. Huntley was a running back. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because Utah, I mean, they're kind of like a, a – maybe I get slander for saying this from people, but – they're kind of like more of like the out west version of like Wisconsin. Physical defense, run the ball, not historic for having good quarterback play. I think that really Utah's one of those kinds of teams that um, the quarterback is a determination of whether they are a 9-10 win team that can win the Pac-12 or whether they can really make noise. And so I think it's tough. They've got a tough schedule. And I think the Pac-12 isn't as much of a pushover as it usually is. I think USC, um, you know, I don't trust that USC is going to be able to put out a defense because when has Lane Kiffin ever done that? Um, <laughs> but, you know, I look at a team like Utah, um, they, they start out at Florida. That's not an easy game by any means. Is Florida that great? Probably not. They're kind of a question mark because they have questions at quarterback with a guy who seems like he has a ton of ability, but in Anthony Richardson, but he's never actually done it because everyone thought he should have been the guy last year. But you always wonder, you know, if somebody seems like they should be the guy, but they're not playing, why is that? You know, there was a coach there who watched him every day who thought Emory Jones, who stinks, was better than Anthony Richardson. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I got off track there a little bit, but. I think Utah is a pretty good team. I think they they end up doing what they usually do, which is winning 9-10 games, and they're between – they're like 15-ish in the country by the end of the year. 
with a good chance to win the Pac-12 and go to the Rose Bowl. I I, I would agree with that. I uh, I when I say maybe I was came off a little too <laughs> rash before. Again, I am biased. I yeah. You know, I I think it's hard for me to actually give Utah the respect that they deserve. Uh-huh. They are a good program. Whittingham is a good coach. Mm-hmm. I uh, but I think. I, I'm also Pac-12 biased, where I just don't really see the Pac-12 as a great football conference overall. Because they're you not. Might have, <laughs> uh, I mean, you have like some years where like Washington State or Washington might have a good year. But it's always Cal. just cute, you know? Yeah. You and still yeah, kind of go, like oh, that's Berkeley. cute. Yeah, exactly. And um, Cal and teams like UCLA might – be you know six seven eight win teams mm-hmm. and go to a decent bowl game usc usually is has usually has high expectations but yeah. they don't tend to reach them i yeah. think the sam darnold rose bowl year was probably the best year that they have had in many years and since so, reggie bush probably yeah since no, like, no, no 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 Sorry, since Mark Sanchez. Mark Sanchez, yeah. yeah. Um, and even that, that was a short little stint. And so, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, Kim Rising and company last year lost to a very mediocre Oregon State team. Uh, yeah. And I'm not going to say – Was it was game. it Cam Rising at that point? At that point it was. Uh, okay. Charlie Brewer. Led Liberty Valley. legend. Charlie yeah. Brewer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Charlie Charlie Brewer left. Uh, I want to say about three or four games in. Yeah, um, I think. And, yeah, because like, yeah, know. yeah, no, you're right because he got the redshirt year. Yeah, so I believe, right, like he's yeah. playing on his redshirt year, which is like an uh-huh. ultimate hack. He just played four games, sucked, and then just dipped. Yeah, but you got to so, got another year of eligibility for it. You got to respect the grind. Yeah, honestly, like I mean, if you can stay in college, I mean, they well. I mean, if you're go back to a lower to a level that's more appropriate for you, and then yeah, yeah, procrastinate your ultimate results of being a backup CFL quarterback. Um, well, I, yeah, no, but like that's what we're talking about with these Utah quarterbacks is that you know Utah usually Charlie Brewer they were not a good team with him at the quarter at the quarterback position, but they're a team that's had success with, like, some really marginal guys at quarterback. I mean, exception, it, it still boggles my mind that there was a time not super long ago in which Urban Meyer and Alex Smith were playing yeah. at Utah, were at Utah yeah. together. Yeah. Um, that still just kind of boggles my mind. That's a little before our time, at least for me. I don't remember that. Um, yeah, I, I don't remember that either. I was – well, I guess we were both. We're only – me and Ben, for the four listeners out there – uh, we're only a month apart. Hey, mom. So, hey Chelsea. Yeah. Hey, Sarah, <laughs> thanks for the listen. Um, they, and our moms have no idea what we're talking about. No. No, uh, they, they, they're, but I'll, I'll say this. I think both of our moms are probably no more than the average mom when it comes to sports and college sports. So I'll give them that. That's all you uh, ask for. Yeah, so that's shout all, out that's all I mom. need in a mom. Shout out, you know, Father's Day was a couple of days ago, but shout out mom. Um, but yeah, continuing with your point and kind of also going back to my point where Utah has had success and they've always had a very good, very solid defense. Some years are a lot better than others, but you can always rely on the defense and their offense has a heavy run game. Yep. And so having Cam rising, being able to sling the ball and also be able to run a little bit has obviously given them quite the bump up from a lot of other years. I And I will say the Rose Bowl of Utah versus Ohio State was impressive, was, inter, was the most entertaining game of the year. That was, yeah, yeah. it was, or at least in during bowl season. Well, the, the national championship was good too, Alabama, Georgia, but that was a very fun game to watch. Um, and Utah played really well uh, mm-hmm. against uh, what's uh, that? What's going to be the what's likely going to be the best offense in the country? This yeah, year. it's Jackson Smith uh, in Jigba. 
Yeah, he was. Travion Henderson, Virginia native. Shout out. Richmond. Richmond guy, actually. Yeah, well, yeah, we're from Richmond, by the way. We're not from Northern Virginia, for no. those who care. We're from no, Richmond. that's not Virginia. We're, that's uh, we're, uh, we're cool. We're cool. We're not from D.C. Yeah, no. We don't mess with that traffic. So, no. No. <laughs> um, But... Hey, we're, we're talking a lot about Utah. Do they just live in our head? Yeah, that's just that's just kind of they where do. we do. Uh, honestly, but I don't mind. They're they're a fun team to talk yeah. about. Um, yeah. And then because you know this isn't your stereotypical sports podcast. We're we're just all over the map. This is unedited, by the way. We're not yeah. we're not editing anything. Yeah, see, the difference is most sports, most sports podcasts are good. This <laughs> one's not. That's what makes this one different. This audio quality is brought to you by Zoom. So this is uh. This, is, this was the best we could do, but um, okay, maybe we'll shift, let's shift away a little bit from Utah and um, maybe even the Pac-12. Uh, but you want to go? Oh, sorry, sorry to interrupt. I was going to say, do you want to go forty-five minutes south, I fifteen? Oh, from Salt Lake to to Provo. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll go with that. I was just going to mention, you know, I'm maybe the maybe I just have too high of standards, but I just don't like. Caleb Williams at all as a quarterback. I don't think he's very good either. I think he was in a good system. I think it'll be pretty decent, but he's not going to win the Heisman. Sorry, you said Caleb Williams? Caleb Williams out of USC. Okay. We're back from Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll, we'll talk BYU. I will just add there that he's got all the pieces around him, but it kind of feels like it's weird where we've seen a team. It'll be interesting to see. They're a team that's put together – via the transfer portal, which sometimes you see that in college basketball. Sometimes you see one and dones thrown out there. Um, you know, the one and done era with Kentucky, Duke, shout out Coach K, who would never do one and dones, and then gave in and did one and dones because he's a phony. <laughs> um, Once we get more into basketball season, we'll have a special where Ben just r- rants about Coach K. Uh, Mike Krzyzewski. Can't even say I, I will do that. K. I will do that year round. doesn't need to be basketball season. But uh, no, I'm uh, saying sorry. you get a special episode where it's just you, and yeah. I, I'm not here. Sh- shout, out Tate Frazier. shout out Tate <laughs> Frazier, but um, shout out an actual podcast, an actual <laughs> podcaster, yeah. Um, but what I was gonna say about USC Genuine. is that they're gonna be an example, they're kind of the new age, new coach, um, new quarterback, new running back, new number one wide receiver, new number two wide receiver. None of them played at USC last year. Some of them are from – a few are from Oklahoma. Uh, Oklahoma's second best receiver, got his name, from Oklahoma. Their top receiver, Jordan Addison, from Pittsburgh. Uh, their running back, Travis Dye, from Oregon. So it's going to be interesting to see how they do. Um, I'm going to have to figure out who this yeah, – I'm trying to look up right now. ESPN is struggling lately. They can't Mar- – Mario Williams. Mario Williams, I'd say that. Yeah, I, I that's think it. there's another one. So, so it'll be interesting. But they also brought over their defensive coordinator, Alex Grinch, who, I don't know, was the defensive coordinator at Oklahoma for a few years, maybe two to three years, I think. Don't quote me. Um, but This is a podcast, so it will be quoted. Yeah. But Did not did not put together a good defense. Yeah. I and honestly, I feel like that's good though for USC's brand. They just they should be it flashy. Is. They should be exciting. USC should have a bad defense. I don't know why. <laughs> they just should. They should have a bad defense, and they should just have NFL guys across the USC should be like what Chris. You know what Chris Beard's doing at Texas for basketball, where he's just like, yeah. "F it, I'm bringing in transfers every year from different schools." Yeah. That's what USC should be in football. Yeah, I don't know if it works as well in football because in football you grow up. There's none of that, you know. You play high school football. You play with the same guys largely year in and year out. Whereas with basketball, these guys are used to playing on their high school teams, and guys transfer to different high school teams. They play on different AAU teams. There's more of that culture of playing with different people. Yeah. Whereas football, there's more of that continuity. So it'll be interesting to see, but we somehow keep talking about Pac-12 football when we should talk about the best football school on the West side of the United States, which is. I was about to say, I was about to say, speaking of bad defenses, let's uh, talk. Shout out coach. 
if he ever comes on here, we're gonna have to majorly apologize. Um, although I no, I don't heard, apologize. He's got a bad. He should apologize to us for the bad defense. I, I will say from an unheard source, which was a former player. After I talked to him, he was a defensive end. And he says that the blame should be more on the special teams coach at Lamb. So that's kind of up for for like debate that. there. I I am I will not speak further in case in case we get a fifth listener, which is what coach was the um... <laughs> You and me are yeah, that's that's the likely Tuyaki. that's the likely fifth listener. Um is coach <laughs> Tuyaki. Um All right, what, what was your question? Anyways, my question was, what was his reasoning for that? I'm just curious. Like, I'm not saying he's wrong. I'm just curious as to how how that fits. Yeah, I uh, – well, I think first, I, the reason why I say bad defense, I say that with air quotes, yeah. um, it's actually not as bad as, you know, as it definitely could be. It could be a lot worse. I think a lot of average BYU fans Shout out would UVA. agree with me. Oh my gosh, poor UVA. That was They showed you what a worse defense looked like. That's that's probably what USC is gonna be, a high powered offense and and just like you just hand the ball off to anybody, your fourth string running back, and they'll score a eighty yard touchdown. Um sorry, sorry, the the special teams. Sorry, back on track. Well well, I was just gonna mention uh, I think something very frustrating for me is that every single down that BYU is on defense, they do the same thing or different versions of the same scheme of rushing three guys and dropping eight back, which honestly, I get the idea behind it. You don't want to give up big plays. It's a bend, don't break kind of strategy. And I don't mind it for sure, but I do wish there was more rushing, more blitzes when – and I say that, and they do blitzes occasionally, but it's rushing four guys and not three. And so I was asking this defensive lineman, I was like, how is that even fun to play at BYU? And he goes, it's not. <laughs> he goes, it's it's not fun. And and so obviously we're talking about a recruiting standpoint, like how do you get top defensive linemen? And then Which like, they're you... seemingly kind of struggling to do. Yeah. Um, we'll um, see. And, or, and even when they do – they're not developing them. Yeah, that's a topic for another time. But, but I will say that this certain player defended this scheme, although he hated playing in it. He defended the scheme that he said it worked when Keenan Peely was not injured. When Keenan Peely, the outside linebacker, he's yeah, the best player on the defense this year. Yeah, uh, it was obvious, and then he went down about. Three games in, four games in, maybe. Yeah, I think it was Arizona State game. Third game of the season, he goes down with an injury. That, that, that team was not that team was not the same the rest of the season. Still it a was, very good team, but not as good as they were Utah and Arizona State. Yeah, because you could see the difference when they played yeah. USF that next week, where you know BYU ended up winning, I think 35 27. Yeah. But it should not have been that close. It should have been a 35 to Grant, 20. Granted, Granted, Jaron Hall was out that game too, but still yeah. they gave 27 points to a USF team that they should not have given 27 points. Yeah, to. I mean, and even like Baylor Roman did his job. He was played great that game back and forth. There's not many better. I don't think there were many better backup quarterbacks in the country than Baylor. Romney. Yeah, I think Baylor Romney would have started on a good amount of Division One teams. At least half, teams. half power five teams. Yeah, and you know that's saying a lot. And so yeah. Um, it was, you know, we were pretty fortunate to have that. But uh, mm-hmm. he's this particular player said that when Keenan Peely was out there, he was able to make those open field tackles and the zone could work with him because he's so fast side to side. And so when Peyton Wilger, you know, had to transition to that position, and this player even was like, I love Peyton. He's a great player. Yeah, he's he's great no player. Keenan. He, he was playing out of position. And so it was interesting to kind of get that player perspective because and then he got um, hurt too yeah and so um so i i am excited i think there is a lot of talk about kind of maybe more 
aggressiveness is going to be applied to the defense. Yeah. And this particular player said Ed Lamb because Ed Lamb does have a lot of feedback into the the defense. He is the special teams coach, but he's also considered an assistant. And so I think there's a lot of overlap. And I'm sure Kalani Sataki as well. So I'm very interested to see what happens. Um, you know, I think BYU can be a very good team, but the question is injuries because that's inevitable BYU mm-hmm. as goes any team in any sport ever injuries are going to happen, but can you adjust with the rest of your team, rest yeah. of your players with the schedule you have? BYU has a tough schedule this year. And so BYU also has seemingly consistently more than, more than usual injuries. So you got to question why that's the case. Yeah. But- I may. And hopefully, you know, They've the football program, especially, has been hiring quite a bit of new personnel with this new transition coming next year to the Big 12. Hopefully, strength and conditioning is also a part of that. Um, because I can't imagine that these guys would get injured as much, perhaps, or perhaps you know, we just recruit a bunch of guys that tend to get injured. So uh, I'm excited, though. I probably would say um, I had the, the schedule up. Let me. I, I mean, do, pro- do you want to go? Do, maybe we can keep talking about the personnel. We've talked a little bit about the defense. Maybe we can go a little more into the players. We can go a little bit to the offense as well, what we've seen yeah, in the that's, past. That's what probably we- what the listeners would want. Yeah, and then we can – maybe then we can go – Yeah. <laughs> They don't really care about the special teams coach or the defense. Offense is fun. Offense wins games. Or, well, that's what uh, offense won games for this team last year. And offense will presumably win games for this team this year. And so maybe yeah. we can talk about the offense a little bit, or even we can talk about defensive personnel. Maybe talk about the offense philosophy, coaching, the personnel that the, is on the offensive side of the ball. And then we can go through the schedule, yeah. see what we uh, think could happen. Look at that. We are literally planning what we talked about mid-episode. So Yeah, we don't plan for this podcast. No, we we actually we don't have a name yet. No. I was gonna say we should be the procrastinator podcast. It's a really but bad has, podcast, but well, you know, it was working work in progress. Ironically. Um but okay, yeah, let's let's go offensive personnel with BYU. Obviously, Jaron Hall coming back. I think he could have a really good year, like I was saying before, and hopefully he can stay healthy. I think mm. Puka Nakua is going to be a great wide receiver to have, along with Gunnar Romney. Those two are going to be electric. And Isaac Rex, Dallin Holker, I think the tight ends are going to be really good as well. Um, the thing that I am worried about is a running game. Because last year, really? last year, this I only, I only say this because last year Tyler Algier was so good that he literally bailed us out so many times because he was so good. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, yeah. I go to the Utah State game in particular when uh, Jaron Hall and Baylor Romney were injured, and Jacob Conover came in, you know, third string quarterback. Obviously, that was his first game, pretty intense environment up in Logan. And, you know, I don't blame him by any means. He obviously didn't play great. I don't think he played bad, per se. He played well enough for us to win. Yeah. And, but it wasn't because of him. It was because of Tyler Algier. Uh, Just handing the ball off to him and the offensive line uh, did a great job. And so, you know, that transfer from Cal, Chris uh, Brooks, Chris Brooks, I, you know, it's, I have naturally this ex- expectation that every time the ball is going to get hand off, it's going to be Tyler Algier-esque. And I think that's unfair to Chris Brooks. Yeah, I mean, he could be better than Tyler Algier for all we know. I you know, you I know what think I think? So. Yeah, I think I have a more reasonable expectation. This is still high hopes, but maybe we're seeing more of like a Tyson Williams, 
I know yeah, you're wrong. Tyson Williams injury. was great. Fantastic. He was really good. I mean, we only saw a few games of him as yeah. a BYU player, but he was really good in those few games. I think we can see that. And, you know, I mean, a running back, Tyler Algier, this is not to take away from Algier or discredit him at all. He's an amazing running back. He's definitely an NFL running back. Someone that I expect to make an impact for the Falcons this year. Um, but with that being said, the consistency that has happened as different running backs have just continued to go through BYU is who have succeeded is an absolutely amazing offensive line, which is what this BYU, this BYU team this year might, this might be the best offensive line they've had in a while. And that's mm-hmm. saying a lot. Yeah, I mean, they've got multiple, probably a couple you've got at least one or two, two guys that get drafted in the first two rounds. Yeah. I'm trying to maybe mess up names. I know Blake Clark Freeland Barrington, Blake and Clark, Clark Barrington. Barrington. Those are the yeah. two that can come to mind. I think Clark Barrington is more like day one. I think you're going to say he's the best offensive lineman on the team, but I think Blake Freeland is going to be a guy who comes up higher on draft boards. What's the, the chance Here's the chance. That, yeah, I think he's I good. think uh, he's going to be very solid as well. I, I think I really, really, this I offensive line is going to be great. You're in a really good spot when you return your entire offensive line. You bring in the top tackle from a class ago to BYU, and he's not going to start. Yeah, it's uh, and it's not about him. Yeah, it just is uh, just, and I think that's that's more the confidence is I think. For me, what I see is I see a guy like Chris Brooks, you know, of course, expecting that he's going to be Tyler Algier. It's not going to happen. But can he be 80% of Tyler Algier? I think he certainly can. And I think 80% of Tyler Algier might end up being a better offense than last year because I think you are better at almost every other position group on offense. The offensive line's better. The quarterback play will be better. The wide receivers will be better. I, and you've got an amazing play caller. Um, you got a great offensive staff as a whole. So that's where my confidence in this offense comes from. Yeah, and I I definitely agree with you. I think Aaron Roderick is doing something really good, um, taking after his predecessor, uh, Jeff Grimes. Jeff Grimes, South Baylor, who obviously is having a lot of success. I think I think the one thing though that concerns me about the offense is the defense, which is kind of a weird no, way to sense. say it. But I will explain in the best way I can in that the scheme of the defense, again, it's very much been don't break, but it allows for the other team, the other team's offense to chew up so much clock mm-hmm. that then gives our get offense either get out of rhythm or limited time. Or, I mean, it's going to happen where BYU is going to have a three and out. And so now our defense is going to be tired. They're not going to get the rest that they need because of this scheme. And so yeah. then you're putting on all these expectations on the offense to either score. You become, they're going to become one-dimensional. Exactly. Because you either have score to. or be on the field long enough that our defense can at least get some rest and put the other team's offense in a yeah. bad position. Like this, um, is going to be, this is going to be a great, well-rounded offense, but I think what makes it special on paper going into the season is how well-balanced it is. Yeah that they can run the ball and that they should be explosive passing the ball too. And I think it's a disadvantage to our offense. If we're putting them, they're putting them in places in which they have to remove one of the aspects that makes them great. They're great at passing too. They can play that game. You know, I think Virginia, that Virginia BYU game, I went to that game, you know, I, I went to that game honestly thinking Virginia would win because I thought, it's going to become a shootout. Virginia's equipped for shootouts. BYU has a great offense, not equipped for shootouts. 
But then Virginia's defense said, hold my beer. Look at how bad we are. <laughs> but it also showed, but it's not just discrediting Virginia's defense. BYU showed that they could throw, they sling the ball around that, you know, they got in a shootout with a, one of the best quarterbacks in the nation, one of the best wide receiving cores in the nation. And I'm going to say top 10 offensive coordinator in the nation on Virginia's side that year. Um, and Definitely last year for sure. Last year for sure. I think he, you know, Robert and I is now Syracuse's offensive coordinator um, gets a bad rep around Virginia and BYU circles. I think he's a weird dude, bad recruiter because he's a weird personality, but that man, that man can create quarterbacks and create explosive offenses. Yeah. And I, I agree as well. Uh, you're definitely not saying anything <laughs> wrong. I haven't met the guy, so I don't know how weird he is. I, uh, so if Robert and I becomes our sixth listener, then man, we're we're gonna be uh, in Dude, a pickle for uh, sure. Coach Tuiaki and Coach and I are not. Well, hopefully, Coach and I takes that. You know, I said, well, there. You know, there. This is for another time, but there are rock, locker room issues in both places that he's offensive coordinator at, or issues with him. Um not in terms of creating offenses that score a ton of points or creating quarterbacks that are good, creating wide receivers, running backs that are good, but more the, more the P he's not a people person, yeah. um, which is a big part gotta, of football. Yeah. And sometimes you gotta be like that in order to be really good at what you do, which is yeah. kind of unfortunate, but yeah. Uh, but yeah. And then I'll say one more thing. I want to move on to the schedule. Yeah. Obviously, I was pretty excited before, um, and then we can wrap up after that. But I will say that um, even though you said that no one cares about special teams and uh, Coach Ed Lamb. Uh, Just looking out for Ed Lamb's team. family. If Ed Lamb's family starts listening to this, we have to apologize to them too. But yeah. something I will say is that BYU probably has one of the best punters in the nation in Ryan Rico. Yeah. And that – is definitely a big comfort. I think he will go to the NFL. He has an older brother that played in the NFL. I don't know what he's up to now, but BYU tends to have pretty good punchers. Yeah. And so Ryan Rico is no exception. He's got a kicker so. back for his like 10th, 11th year as well. So old droid. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Jake, the make man. I, I, that uh, man, I don't know why he, I didn't know. He, he, Kicked the game-winning field goal in Kalani Satake's first game, correct? 2016. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's still on the team. That's uh, six years for people who can't do math. Yeah, um, with a mission in between. That's true. So four years, you know, that's – But I think, I think this is his fifth – yeah. I, yeah, 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 because he had that year. He went on his mission. Then there was the year, sophomore year, Zach Wilson. They beat USC. Then there was the COVID year that would have been his junior year. There was last year that would have been his senior. So he's year, using his COVID year after serving in mission. All right. All right, there we go. Well, but then he, but I think it's it's the fact that his freshman year happened before his mission, which makes it seem like an eternity. And, you know, he's a solid kicker. Uh, he he almost won the Kicker of the Year Award in 2020. 2021 yeah. season. So last year, probably again, because he was such a great kicker the year before and this past year, he was still solid, but I think he declined a little bit. So I'm, I'm happy to have a solid kicker back as well. So yeah, for sure. Um, all right. Let's kind of walk games. Yeah. So after these games, um, we'll go fairly quick. You know, we, don't Maybe wanna... we can go through the games and we can give a quick summary of what we think is going to happen in each game. Yeah. I uh, admittingly don't know a ton about – I know a lot about these teams you know, last year or their history, you know, yeah. but I don't know anything about them this year. The transfer mm-hmm. portal has been a little crazy. So, all right, first game's at Southern Florida at USF. And remember, this I do know is that Baylor's quarterback slash backup quarterback, Bohannon. Bohannon. Henry Bohannon has transferred there. Probably will be a starter – um, I'd be shocked if he's not. I uh, 
trying to sorry, I'm trying to look up stuff, but um, I think it's a good first game. I'm gonna, I'm gonna check out the spread for that game. I, I believe it's BYU minus twelve mm-hmm. for that. So um, it would it would not shock me if that game's not as big as a blowout as people would hope. Yeah, I agree. Not shock think, me at all. I think um, I think. If USF was playing in Provo again, I think BYU would beat them by 16. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, probably similar to last year's score, Mm -hmm. like a 42 to 21 kind of deal. Yeah. Um, But this is the thing. BYU just typically, especially in recent years, has not had a ton of success in Florida, in the state of Florida, as well as just anywhere in the deep south where – it can be really wet and rainy. Yeah. I think of the Shout out bowl Shreve game. Ford. Yeah. Think of the bowl game last year against UAB. I think of LSU years ago. L- LSU. Uh, that was just a bad BYU team. Yeah. That was Brandon's team and a great LSU team that actually yeah. would hand the ball off to Geis and would get 15 yards and then a defender would finally touch him and then bring them down after six or seven more yards. But, um, you know, Florida State, um, yeah, I remember being at that game at Florida State with Jake Keeps, and we lost, uh, I want to say, 34-13 kind of deal. But UCF, we lost to UCF uh, 2015 with Christian Stewart as our quarterback. Um, in overtime, I, uh, but we did beat UCF in Miami with Zach Wilson pretty, pretty soundly. So there is, uh, at least that, but, uh, I don't know something about something about that just gives me a bad feeling. Uh, yeah, I do think. Yeah. I would say the bad feeling is in that it could be kind of an ugly game. Yeah. That BYU wins. Maybe they win by 10. Where there's no point in the game in which you think BYU is not going to win, but it's not as soundly as you'd hope. Yeah, I'm like, going to say, uh, 20, say 27-17. Yeah, I was going to say more like a thirty-one to twenty-one, but that's basically the same thing. So, um, yeah, and then I'm I'm actually really interested uh, in Baylor that next week home at home against Baylor. Or I think, obviously, um, I like Baylor just as program they seem to be very nice to BYU which is a yeah. weird thing to say but we're talking, like, we're talking post Art Briles era just yeah for our listeners yeah uh within the past couple of years for sure um I think <laughs> the Dave Aranda have, program yeah I think there's a lot of respect between the teams uh Baylor's so. coming off their New Year's Six Bowl appearance Big 12 championship Big 12 championship um uh, and obviously Crush BYU. Beat us. You know, they beat us. I would sound like I think yeah. What was it 14? What 30? Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a blowout, but it was, it was a better team. You you, you left team. that game knowing who was better. Yeah. Um and BYU having come off the was it the Boise State game or Utah State game? One of those two games. So I want it. I want to say, I want to say oh, Boise State. Yeah, because we had two losses in a row, I think. But yeah, um, but yeah. So I'm curious to see. I'm not quite knowledgeable on who Baylor brings back, but I think Baylor and Provo. That's going to be an exciting game, and mm-hmm. I think I think it's a very winnable game for BYU as well. So mm-hmm. I don't really have a prediction. Uh Obviously, I want BYU to win, but I can't say I think they will win because I just don't know enough about Baylor. Think, but that is probably the most exciting game, yeah, or either one or two on the schedule yeah. for the most exciting game. Absolutely. I mean, I'm going to go with a three point win. I'm going to say 34 31 BYU wins this game because they bring back everybody or most of their team minus Algier. We've talked about this. Oregon does, or not Oregon. That's jumping. That's the next one. Yeah. That's the next one. A Baylor does not bring back 
this nearly the same amount as BYU. Most teams do not. That and then it being in Provo. It has the time been released? Yeah, it's going to be a night game in Provo. The first night game, the first game in Provo for the season. I think we're going to get some Arizona State, Utah type environment. I think that that will matter. The fact that we bring back people more so than they do will matter. Um, and so for that reason, I'm going to give them a slight edge. But going into kind of the Oregon game, that will be interesting. You Oregon is bringing in a new quarterback and a new coach. You got defensive coordinator Dan Landing from Georgia, who's now the head coach at Oregon, and then Auburn legend Bo Nix as the quarterback <laughs> for Oregon. Bo uh, uh, Nix, I don't know how I feel about him because there's some games last year. I watched a lot of Auburn games uh, because my girlfriend currently is from there and is very much an Auburn fan. And so I watched a good amount of games or tried to keep up with Auburn games more so than I normally would. But watching Bo Nix was like night and day. There were some games where he was just awful, to say the least. He was just not good, you know. And there are some games, the LSU game, he literally looks like Johnny Manziel and Michael Vick and those kinds of quarterbacks that just scramble everywhere and are able to make plays that are just mm-hmm. unbelievable. And yeah. it was so fun to watch. And I think he just is not as consistent as he should be, no. um, which is probably why he transferred. So I mm-hmm. also think – Oregon losing their running back to USC. Um, I forgot his first name, but Die is his yeah. last name. Um, I always he. I never understand. Um, he never wore gloves. I always, I always think that's interesting. I, he just might like carrying the ball and catching it better without gloves. But um, I think it's going to be a little bit of breaking in the offense and the team. I still think they'll be very competitive against BYU. And I think they will give BYU a really good game. I could see BYU losing this game, but I could also see them winning. So I, uh, obviously I want BYU to win, but I don't know if I would bet my house on it by any means. So, yeah. No, I totally agree. I'm with you. I am leaning as well. Um, actually, I think I'm going to be leaning towards, you know, I mean, I would love to say that I think BYU is going to win every game. This is going to be one. I got to choose a few that I think BYU is going to lose. And I'm going to say this is one of them just because we're going to Oregon. Um, you know, as we've said, Bo Nix has had some great games, including his first ever career college football game was him at Auburn outplaying Oregon and Justin Herbert and winning that game. So I could see Bo Nix, you know, now that he's at Oregon, having you never know what he's getting. BYU could win this game easily for all I know if Bo yeah. Nix comes out and is a bad Bo Nix. But I'm just going to say we get good Bo Nix, and I'm going to say that Oregon edges out BYU. And this is what I will say to look at Oregon's schedule. I totally forgot this. This is going to be a big game. Their first game is against the defending national champs in Georgia. So right off the bat, new coach, new quarterback, new system. Coach coming from Georgia. Oh, yeah, that's right. So it's going to be very interesting to see how that game plays out and see if there's any effect onto the BYU game. They play Eastern Washington that next week. Um, Eastern Washington tends to have a pretty good program. I'm not very into FCS. Um, I know they play on red turf. Um, I don't think you'll necessarily be walking the park, but Mm -hmm. Oregon should beat them is my understanding. So, um, but let's move on to BYU plays Wyoming and Utah State. Both at home, 
those next couple weeks. Some of these I think we can kind of quickly go over. Yeah, I was about to say I win. Yeah, I think Wyoming, Utah State will have a solid program. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think they'll be eight and four type teams, both of them, but BYU should win those games. Yeah. And I guess we'll see kind of as we get closer and as that game approaches, how accurate that is. But let's talk about these next two games. And basically a home game, South Lavelle Edwards Stadium in Las Vegas against Notre Dame, and then home against Arkansas that next week. So kind of a tough schedule rolling out that first half of the year for BYU. And this game against Notre Dame has been a long time coming, long time coming. Uh, Notre Dame didn't even want to come to Provo, so we're like, fine, we'll play in Vegas. And I also think – Notre Dame with their new coach, although he's coming from within the system, within Notre Dame, uh, I still think there's going to be some breaking in time. Um, they, don't, they don't have a clear quarterback either. That was an issue last year. Yeah. and But what does scare me is, is I think that's going to be the fifth game, sixth game of the season, fourth mm-hmm. game, somewhere around there for both teams. I mean, I think that's plenty of time to find your stride yeah. as well. So Notre Dame could come in and be absolutely amazing and be a tough team to play against. But also, uh, that's going to be very much a home game, like you know, fill up that Raider Stadium, Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. And, um, you know, knock on wood, but BYU has had a lot of success there these yeah. recent years. So, yeah. Um, and Ben and I will do a live podcast, um, at that game. <laughs> yeah. At least after. Or, after, or after. yeah. And in Vegas, in Vegas, we'll, we'll say that. Yeah. yeah we'll um, definitely do it. We'll, we'll record on the strip. Yeah. <laughs> um, we'll interview some of the lovely ladies there. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah okay. So I'm wearing any clothes. Um, the strip. what about your thoughts? <laughs> Anyways, Moving back on. to the game. Um, yeah, my thoughts are, I think uh, something that was discussed in media day for BYU today um, is that Notre Dame has a large amount of allotment with tickets. So I think there's going to be more Notre Dame fans. Notre Dame's trying to keep it from being a BYU home game. It's a Shamrock Series game, which is technically a Notre Dame game. Um, you know, this is a neutral site. It's closer to BYU, but I anticipate it being treated as a Notre Dame home game. I think it's going to be a 50-50 in terms of the fans that are there. But, you know, we talk about BYU traveling well, fan-wise. What other team travels probably just as well? Notre Dame. Notre Dame has a nationwide fan base like BYU. Yeah. Um, they're a traditional program. Um, the, there's a lot of similarities. BYU is kind of hoping – that they can be Notre Dame. I feel like that's the that's the the vision. Yeah. That's the vision. When you think of dream, dream BYU, it's of course what they did before, but becoming a perennial program thought of like Notre Dame. That might be impossible due to Notre Dame. There's just an aura around it with its tradition yeah. and whatnot. Um, anyways, I'm kind of rambling a little bit, but I'm going to say BYU wakes up for this game. After two games that are not nearly as challenging, I'm going to guess that Utah State game, that they're looking ahead to Notre Dame a little bit. And I'm going to say that BYU-Utah State game is going to be a little closer than it should be and that we're kind of maybe a little nervous going to that Notre Dame game. I think we win that game. I think we're going to beat Notre Dame in Las Vegas. Uh, And also, uh, BYU plays Utah State, I believe, on the Thursday night this year. It might be a Friday night. Um, It is Thursday. Thursday, six so, p.m. That's interesting. Six p.m. Uh, mountain time on a Thursday. Okay. Yeah, don't know. Hey, we can never oh, get well. a normal. Hopefully, I'm out of class by then. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> um, yeah, get off work. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but so BYU will have a couple extra days to rest and prep for Notre Dame, which I yeah. think is nice. Um, looking at Notre Dame's schedule, they. Let's see. Sorry, let me pull this up. 
So they also have a very tough game, first game of the year against Ohio State. And they're going to get boat raced by Ohio State. They're going to yeah. get embarrassed. I, 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 Notre Dame, Notre Dame's going to have two full weeks to prepare for BYU. So that's going <laughs> to be, yeah, they play North Carolina at North Carolina. Um, suck. So, so yeah, it's going to be interesting. I'm biased. So. The UNC football sucks. Um, <laughs> recruit five now, stars with the senile old man at head coach and win six games and then continue getting five stars. But they do have sweet jerseys. Sweet they uniforms. Do. I will not knock them for that. No, um, we can't. No. Anyways. We're a pro UNC uniform. We are. Podcast. So then let's talk uh, a little bit about Arkansas. Um, and then we can kind of breeze through the ones in the middle and maybe talk a little bit of Stanford. Um, yeah. But Arkansas, I'm going to say we're coming off an emotional win. I'm thinking that we are going to show out. Lavelle Edwards Stadium is going to show out. It's going to be a big-time night game. I anticipate it being one of the most highly anticipated games of the season, and especially coming off a Notre Dame win, winning two out of three against Notre Dame, Baylor, and Oregon, according to me. Um, And then I think we lose by 10 to 14 points to Arkansas at home. That might, be a little, that might be a little bit of a surprising pick, but I think that it is an ultimate more – it's not the teams as much as it is the timing. I mean, Arkansas is a great team. They have a great quarterback, a huge quarterback, K.J. Jefferson. He's like a bulldozer. Um, but I see that as we beat Notre Dame in an emotional game, and I think it will be hard to refocus ourselves, especially going against the type of – SEC athletes that Arkansas will have on the field. I, you know, I don't disagree with that <laughs> take at all. I think, you know, I, I think BYU. Again, if I was putting, if I was a betting man, I would say BYU would win one of the two games between Notre Dame and Arkansas. I think if they lose versus Notre Dame, I think they'll come out being very emotional. But in the other sense, very much we need a win. Um, obviously I, I hope that's not the case, but that's just very much BYU historically. And it I just mean, teams... heck, these, are, these are two really darn good teams going no. one and one is that, that is nothing to be ashamed of. Yeah, I agree. And I think even if one of those games can be BYU's first loss, even second loss, I think that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, I think most BYU fans would be satisfied with that. Looking at Arkansas' schedule, they also have a very tough first game in Cincinnati. <laughs> so yeah. I say they they're are... going to win that game, though. I think Cincinnati loses a lot. Really? No Desmond Ritter. Desmond Ritter. No yeah. Jerome Ford. No, their top two corners are gone. They do return Luke. They'll be a solid team, but I, yeah. I expect Saucy Gardner's gone. Sauce Gardner's gone. So. Yeah. Um, they play Mississippi State the week before, but they play Alabama two weeks before BYU. So, uh-huh. um, again, pretty, pretty heavy, pretty front heavy there. Um, so, yeah, I'm very excited for that game as well. Um, be good and one. then, yeah, uh, like I said, let's kind of breeze through a couple of these. BYU plays at Liberty, so just a couple hours away from our house. Me and Ben live in the same neighborhood, grew up in the same neighborhood back home. They just – Liberty's not too far. I think BYU wins that game, obviously. I think BYU's the better team. But I think BYU is actually going to beat them. Uh, it's going to come down to the final five minutes of the fourth quarter, I think. Really? I think, I'm expecting I think, a blowout. I'll tell you I think, why. Yeah, go for it. Charlie Brewer is the quarterback of Liberty. That is the only reason why I will say BYU will blow them out. I I think Malik Willis isn't walking through that door. Uh, I think uh, who's the coach there? Hugh Freeze. Yeah, I think I think he's a good coach actually. I think he had his time at Ole Miss, but um, I think Liberty has always had a very solid program, especially these past few years. And even when Liberty played BYU. 2019 at 
Provo in Provo. BYU only won by touchdown. So I uh, I think Larry is going to be very competitive, and that's going to be a good game. Uh, then later, BYU is going to play ECU, East Carolina at home. When? I think that should be 14 to 17 point win. Yeah. Like maybe like a 27 to 10 kind of game. Um, I, I don't know much about ECU though. Um, no, but they're not what they used to be. No, I am also interested in BYU plays at Boise state um, on the blue turf. Last time we were on the blue turf, we wrecked them. Thanks to Zach Wilson and Tyler Algier. Um, and we now have their quarterback Finnegan um, somewhere in our depth chart. But I, uh, I, I'm just with Boise. It's always an emotional game. Uh, last year, I felt like we were the better team, but Boise State just straight up beat us, outcoached us, and we got too comfortable. And that was a that was a tough loss. And so classic BYU letdown game. Oh, for sure. I'm hoping. And, I'm hoping which which those I I put on the coach Kalani Stocky, great coach, but. I think he could benefit. My one critique of him is he gets a little too high in the big games, um, which helps us sometimes. But I feel like when we play those, you know, opponents that we should beat up on, there's less of that intensity. Team comes out flat way too, way too much. Yeah. Very Um, often BYU plays to their level of competition. Yes. And it's frustrating. It can be good or bad. Yeah, for sure. You know, um, which um, it can be frustrating when the team is not as good as BYU. So yeah. I, BYU I'm, plays. Oh, oh so for I was just thought, gonna. I, I was gonna say this is the finishing off the Boise State game. So I expect this to be way more like Zach Wilson on the blue turf two years ago than I do what we saw here in Provo. I expect. It to be much more I hope like, you're right. Shout out Cade Finnegan revenge game. <laughs> Cade Finnegan's <laughs> gonna come in. Um. All right, so then BYU plays Dixie State or now Utah Tech. Yeah, don't at say home on this program. Senior night should be just a nice game. We're, we're, we're not even. I'm not even going to let you discuss this game. Fair. And then BYU finishes the year at Stanford on yeah. on the 26th of November. So yeah. Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going BYU Dub here, but the Stanford's a sneaky good team. You know, we were talking about there there being 25, 30 good quarterbacks this year in college football. Tanner McKee's one of them. You know, Tanner McKee had a great game last year, that triple overtime win, I believe it was. Against Oregon. That was a fun game to watch. Um, And, yeah, I'm looking at at their schedule, and it is – they play Colgate, their first game of the season, and then they play USC that next week. They go straight into conference play. Um, they have Notre Dame sprinkled in there and then BYU. So they only play two non-conference games. I think the Stanford game is getting forgotten about when it comes to the schedule. A bit. Yeah. I, uh, I feel like people talk about the four that we talked about earlier, Notre Dame, Arkansas, Oregon, Baylor. I feel like Stanford's more in that group than it is the other ones, for sure. Yeah, I I think it's also just like it's the last game of the season, and so people don't even want to think about that, or focus on that, and yeah. so much can happen from the first game to the last game. So I, you know, I, and I don't blame people for thinking that, but I think you're right no, too. I, I think I think it's a game that should be circled on the calendar, and that's five. Yeah, that's five for sure. And then again, Utah State, Wyoming, USF, those are going to be good games. Um, then you got Liberty, ECU sprinkled in there, Boise. And like, Even honestly, the bad games aren't bad. Exactly. And so I'm excited this year. So to say the least, so that's kind of more of a deep dive um, into that. But yeah. uh, I guess we'll, we'll end our recording here. Yeah, we don't want to ramble on. Any last thoughts or words to our listeners? Yeah, um, you know, I enjoyed being on here today. Um, but to finish off that Stanford game, I think that's a BYU win as well, and I think BYU's going to be finishing the season ten and two. 
with that schedule. I think that's, you know, as good as you can get it. Um, you know, generally I feel like on this pod that um, we went BYU specific because that's a, a mutual team of ours, but it's the school that we attend, but, you know, we'll be covering more uh, in-depth college football as a whole, NFL football, college basketball, NBA, really whatever sport you name it. So um, we're not going to be just BYU fanboys, I promise. Yeah, it's that's just what we reside to because we didn't plan for this. And yeah. like I said before, this is unedited. We're just going to put this up. <laughs> yeah. um, this is all on the fly. Uh, so uh, we'll – like Ben said, we'll definitely try to, and we definitely will. We definitely will try. I think naturally we'll just talk about other sports. Ben is a big baseball guy. Yeah. I am not as knowledgeable in the field of baseball as Ben, um, but I will try my best as playoffs, World Series, especially start kicking into high gear, NBA off season. You know, we'll, maybe we could have some guests. You ever thought about that? I mean, what if we had some guests, Ben? come on the show yeah let's do it sounds good to me yeah. all right we're i'll shoot uh ed lamb an email <laughs> <laughs> see if he wants to join all right cool. so that's it for us all right well and next time we'll have a name let's go with the name yeah all right because <laughs> the procrastinators just ain't doing it all right see you later listeners thanks for listening